Frankfurters and Beans. All right. Matt. Yes. We're here. We are here. Again. Again. Once again. We're doing... Uh, we're going to do Pee Wee. This is a... Yeah, this is another big one. Uh, is, is it? Because you and I, we're going to have some... I'm, I'm very eager to get into this because, yes, this is a big one. Okay. Despite what you may think, this is... Um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This is an important episode. Pee-wee's okay. Big Adventure. Um, I mean, I guess to start it off, I would just like to say that I think the the inspiration to do this episode was in honor of Paul Rubens, uh, the great Paul Rubens, who recently passed away. And when that happened, as as everyone, I think we were all very shocked by it because it was kind of unexpected. And it got me thinking about him and about particularly, obviously, the Pee Wee Herman character and just how kind of big and important and significant he was in my life and in my childhood in a lot of ways. And I thought it would be good to to chat about it and, um, you know, to pay homage in a way. Um, at least from my end, I'm, I've got nothing but respect for this comic genius and I don't I'm looking at somebody who claims to be my brother across <laughs> the room from me yeah. who clearly does not feel the same way. So I, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I, I think so. Um you know, obviously I grew up watching Pee-wee as well and uh, the nostalgia that I think you had watching this film was just uh memories of how much I didn't like this film when I was a kid. You know, um, that's new. this is news to me. I never associated you d- disliking Pee-wee. I, so this, when when I found, I was actually kind of surprised when I found out well, that this was I, your yeah, opinion. I mean, I look, I I, uh, I kept it to myself when I was a kid. Okay. I, I didn't want to upset everybody. Admi- Everyone else seemed to love this that's, movie. I admire your restraint. And, that's, uh, uh, and I just kept it to myself. I buried it down deep wow. inside my soul and was like, yeah, I really don't like this this film. <laughs> um, Matt, give me, look, I, I think everyone... You know what? What I've found is I, there's some movies that I think we... Everyone has watched... You know that you and I think, oh, everyone's seen this film, and then mm-hmm. we've done some of these podcasts, and I talk to people who've listened to it, and they're like, I've never seen that movie, and there's been quite a few that I thought would have been, oh, everyone's seen this movie, so I don't know that everyone's actually seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Well, um, I don't know what people you're talking to, but uh, certainly amongst, you know, I mean, I don't know, I guess I listen to a lot of podcasts, and. People who are certainly people who are in the comedy world, people you know, who are, um, I guess we're just the, all the oddballs and the weirdos, and but we love Pee Wee, and that's where, that's kind of I think where the love of the character comes from. Oh, are we setting up this dynamic that you guys are the lovable yes. oddballs and I'm yes. the, the, the exactly you're the, the squares, you're I'm the you're the you're just the. I don't know what you are. You're I'm the just... bully jocks and the in exactly the that are you are the buttons. bullies, <laughs> yes, and okay. we are the the freaks, and okay. that's where that's that's what what's that's going. The that's the dichotomy here. here. This is the problem. Okay, yes. um, um, let let's start here. I the, I will say this to get deep into the movie. I one thing that I didn't realize is written by Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, thank you once again for our house cover recurring from house guests. Yes. The great late great Phil Hartman. Yeah, Phil Hartman uh wrote this which I I was he did. Uh, surprised. I mean, look, the movie's got a lot of early Can, people in it. I mean, Tim Ro- or um, Tim Robbins. <laughs> 
Tim Burton can, direct, first direction, right? It is. Okay, so can I... I'm sorry, I don't mean to hijack this. But hijack. I, but I, hijack away. I kind of... Can I... Can I begin this and kind nope. of make my case, and then you sure. can provide me with your Counter, to do this because I do yes. have a lot to say about go, this. Go, go, go. Okay. Well, to begin, we have to. I, I have to mention at least that if we're talking about Pee Wee Herman, it's going to require us to speak about our Aunt Lisa, who is somebody who, to anyone you know who doesn't who doesn't know us, will have no idea who we're talking about, but. Um, our Aunt Lisa was a very important person in our lives, and she, at least from my end, I can tell you everything that I love, all the cool stuff that I came to really love in my life, I got from her. She introduced me to music. I mean, she made me my first mixtape, Nirvana, The Beatles, you know, Talking Heads, uh, Pixies, all the cool stuff, and movies, you know, uh, um you know David Lynch and and Tim Burton who we're going to get into and and Pee-wee in particular was absolutely something that was introduced to me by her and she was it's funny because when this when like Pee-wee's Playhouse was on the air she was in high school she was like a teenager right. but um but loved the show and loved this this character and from a young age she introduced me to to him and so maybe part of this is that kind of there is a touch of the aspirational thing of like she was like this really important figure who who introduced me to all this cool stuff. So I was like, oh, well, she says it's cool. So I think it's cool, too. Right. So there may be some of that happening um, and, you know, a sort of certain nostalgia around it because of our relationship. But but I just loved I, I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse. And then I was introduced to the movies and What's really particularly Pee-wee's Big Adventure because there's two other films we'll get into, but we're talking about Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is the first one, and I think the, it it definitely. I will say this: if you were to put this under a microscope, there are a lot of questions. I mean, it's nothing but questions when well, it comes I, to not, Pee-wee. Look, it's, I, I think I want to make a point. You know, I know you're getting into this. I I want to make a point. Yes. My 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 dislike of this movie. <laughs> Has nothing to do with plot. I sure. I am acknowledging completely that this there's not. I'm like I threw that out the window. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into with the plot point. Right. So like it's not under a microscope type of deal. It's not. I that it has nothing to do with why wow, this scene doesn't make any sense with this scene. I, like it's Pee Wee. I get it. It's going to be completely off the wall. Um. So I just want to preface it. Okay. I will not make any comment about plot or sequencing or why a scene happened that is not where my my sure. my dislike comes from so <laughs> okay so so the character of Pee Wee Herman Paul Rubens was uh, a comic from The Groundlings which is a f- famous uh improv very you're shaking your head I've never heard of The Groundlings See, I've heard of Second City I've heard of uh, Maybe I just listened to too many comedy podcasts, but this is like, yeah, the Groundlings is like one of the great uh, kind of breeding grounds for comic talent. Where are they out? It's of? in uh, Los Angeles, L.A. Okay, it's in L.A. and uh, there's sort of like the two big ones are like there's the Groundlings in L.A. and then there's um, Second City right. in Chicago, and those are the two. And I think there's one in Canada too. And those are like the two big like comedy improv groups. And the Groundlings, I mean, an insane amount of people came out of that. You had, like Paul Rubens, Phil Hartman, but you also had people like Kristen Wiig 
and Melissa McCarthy. Oh wow! And um, uh, the, the there's there's an insane amount. If you go online and look at the list of people, it's it's nuts. Like okay. an, a bunch of people came out of the ground. All right, so this is the West Coast version of of Second City. Second City, yeah, okay. exactly. So that's where this started, and and Paul Rubens. The character, I guess, and that's the connection with Phil Hartman. Yes, okay, because that's where I was trying to. I was like, how in the hell did these two get together? Right, and that was that was genuinely when I because I watched this movie all the time growing up, and then at a certain point when I was like in high school, I watched it one day and I was like, wait a second, Phil Hartman. Yeah, (laughs) as it was absolutely, it was mind boggling because it's just you have to catch it in the credits. Yeah, you're not going to know. I think he's a reporter. He does in appear in the yeah. movie, yeah. Well, right. But um, but yeah, it was just completely shocking. Like, because I love Phil Hartman, but I had no idea they were associated. And I was like, wow, this just makes this even better to me. Right. So it was, but yeah. So they met in the Groundlings, and Phil Hartman actually helped him develop the character. Okay. And it initially started. So I have him to blame too. Right. To blame. <laughs> oh, to to thank yes. more like. But um, yeah. So so initially the character started off as like a, a sort of a bad stand-up comic. Because okay. Paul Rubens wasn't, he uh, he had trouble remembering jokes. So <laughs> so but so he thought so basically it was just the Pee Wee character, um, just being a bad stand up comic and would and I think he used like props and stuff and it and it eventually evolved into a stage show that he did, which is actually I don't know if it's still on there, but it was on after he passed away. They put it up on um Ma- on HBO Max. Okay, and it was it's from the early eighties. And initially, the Pee Wee stage show was a little more adult oriented. Like, if you watch it, it's kind of like a an edgier, like satirical version of a of a you know like fifties kids show, basically. Okay. And so there's a lot more kind of racy jokes and stuff in it. Right. And it's really great. You know, like the, it's it's a precursor to Pee Wee's Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's like a it's like a more edgier kind of slightly more adult version of Pee-wee's Playhouse. And it's it's okay. really funny. And it maybe will give you, a, if you wa- were to watch that, maybe it would give you a better sense of kind of where the character was coming from before it kind of went in maybe a slightly different direction. But um, but anyway, so that's how it started. And on the, on the, uh, the basis of that stage show, Warner Brothers approached Paul Rubens about doing a movie, which is, which is, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting to think that, I mean, because <laughs> we'll get into the Pee-wee character, but just the idea of, of that, of him making a movie around him is kind of like, wow, I'm surprised that they made that leap. Um, cause it's a, it is, it's an interesting character to say the least. But, um, so, so initially I love my favorite part of this, is that Paul Rubin's initial concept for this movie was to do a remake of his favorite movie, which was Pollyanna with Haley Mills, <laughs> a Disney movie from like the sixties to remake Pollyanna with Pee Wee Herman in the, as the Pollyanna character basically. <laughs> and that was his initial idea. So they started writing that, but then I think at a certain point it was like, okay, I think this isn't working. <laughs> and I guess while they were writing on the Warner Brothers studio a lot, he noticed that all of these like pages and people around the studio were riding bicycles and he asked for his own. And when he got the bike, that's when he got the idea to do a, you know, a story about Pee Wee and his bike. And I guess the, and the story is that like him and Phil Hartman and the other writer, uh, Michael Varhol, they bought the, Sid Field's screenwriting 101 book. To, I've, I've, to, yes, I read this. Yes, yeah. and and they literally because they didn't know how to write a script, so they were literally like, okay, a movie's supposed to be 90 minutes long. It's a 90 page script. Um, Pee Wee loses his bike on page 30, finds it on page 60, like, and they and, and he's and he said they literally just followed that formula in <laughs> writing the script because they had no idea what they were doing. So, 
So that was the basic concept. And then, of course, to direct it. And, and this is where it gets into, I think, you know, Paul Rubens, I, I think, had shows a absolutely uncanny eye for talent here. Yeah. Because by cho- he chooses as his director for this movie, Tim Burton. Right. This is Tim Burton's first film, his first feature-length film. Yep. And Paul Rubens, he hired him based on these shorts he did. Vincent was the stop-motion short he did, and Frank yeah. and Weenie, which was a short film he did for Disney. And he cast him just based on that. And it is... I mean, it's. I think it's one of the best marriages of a performer, writer, and a director, and like it's just it just makes total sense in that Tim Burton would direct this movie, right? And it makes total sense that like this was his first movie. I don't know. It's just it's it's a perfect synthesis. I feel like because it's just so left of center. The whole and that's that's what. Pee-wee's all about, and that's what Paul Rubens' his whole sensibility was just so just outside of the box and and coming at everything from a from a different just a different angle. Right. So so yeah, so that's that's where we meet that's where we how we get into Pee-wee's bigger yeah, adventure. That's I, just an origin I feel like I wanted to set up set the scene a little bit. I think you've you've kind of set it well. I I um and it, listening to you talk about it, what I realize is that uh I just dispositionally am not a fan of this. I, I don't like, and this is going to sound awful. Everyone's going to hate me for this, but I really don't like Tim Burton stuff either. But oh um, boy, <laughs> yeah. okay. See, this is now the ver. The, you're going to get the Caddyshack version of of me happening here. Right, I know. I that is. <laughs> I am my 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 porcupine. My quills just like went up right now when you I, said that. I look. Let me Ooh. give me straight. I, there are Tim Burton movies I really like, but. I am not a fan generally of the dark kind of he's got a very dark humor. He's got a very oddball kind of way of doing yeah. stuff. See, once again, you're just the you I'm like bully. you're the Julie, you're I'm the, just bully, being the bully playing football on the football field, dunking <laughs> dunking us in the fountain and I'm, blocking us in lockers. Yes, and, I'm I'm the one with the paddles this, going it all after makes, the freshman. It all makes Absolutely. sense now. Makes okay. complete sense. I yeah. got gotcha. you. I got gotcha, you, bro. I, so I'm not it's just there's something about uh, his style and the darkness, I, I just does not make me. I just I don't enjoy it all that much. Um, and this is kind of honestly, it's like a less distilled version of Tim Burton, obviously because it's his first film, so he's trying a lot of things. Yes. Um, and so, like, I love the original Batman with oh. Tim Burton. Oh yeah. And probably the movie I've watched most in my life, honestly. Okay, I'm so probably. I love that movie, um, and I think that, but I think it works well that movie because it's a comic book, and then the whole thing feels like a comic book the way Sorry. he shoots it. Pee Wee, I, I don't like the character. I just okay. don't. Okay, I, let's I, get into that. Let's I, get into that. I don't know what? why I don't. I just don't. It's well, I mean, so, he annoys the living shit out of me. <laughs> Like he just does, and it's like, like you should ask my wife about how. Ask Lexi what, how I was responding watching this movie. I, I, I was literally just a sitting, lot of sighing, just cursing out loud. I was like, I fucking hate this. I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's. Oh my god, um, I don't. First I of all, here's some notes that brother. I wrote. Here, here's, here's some notes I wrote. I, I wrote one. 
he I can't tell if he's old or young. Like that <laughs> and that's the thing that is so dis like it's like he's acting like a toddler <laughs> but he looks yes. like a middle aged man. Like grown up. Yes. Um I don't want to be insensitive, but I don't know. Is he gay? Is is he supposed to be gay? I mean, I'm... there's a certain, certainly an effeminate quality, right? Yes, and he's not interested in in what's her face, who's clearly interested in him, and totally adorable. Yeah, I know it's never made sense to me. Dottie is Dot, you know, right, amazing. Yes, she's so and, great, and, so and she, adorable, he's, and so, he's an idiot. So I'm wondering if he is. But then he, again, I, I I get the feeling that he's acting like a toddler. So it's kind of sure. like maybe he's just acting like an 11 year old. <laughs> And I don't know enough about Pee Wee, so like you're telling me all this, he just starts as a bad stand-up comic. I get that. I thought maybe somebody was saying, let's do a thing where it's a 40-year-old, middle-aged man as a as a nine-year-old. Like that right. was the premise. So he just, he, he just, I, I don't know why he just drives me nuts. Um, I do remember when we start when we first see the bike. Yeah, I remember the bike being so cool. Oh yeah, and finding Thanks. the bike to be absolutely one awesome. of the coolest things ever. Um, you know, and then it, now you explaining that they were on the set and everybody was on bikes gives me a little bit more understanding because I did write when when he's sitting down in the mall mm. in nondescript area of of the country because I don't yeah. really know where they are. Yeah. Um, Everyone's on bikes, and I'm just like, where the fuck are we, Amsterdam? Like, Jesus, there's not this many people on bikes ever, anywhere. Well, um, I mean, I think that was a stylistic choice. Again, yes, sequence. I get it. I well, thank you, but I, 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 um, yeah, I said I wasn't gonna comment on the plot point, but I, I, that that did. Get well, I think down. it's well, I think it's it's an important point, which is if you if you fundamentally just don't enjoy the character of Pee Wee Herman. There's no way you can enjoy this movie. <laughs> it's, no, it's literally, yes. Yes. it's an entire movie, you know, based around this character. So, I, already from the get go, you're in trouble. So, I, I can definitely see. I don't now. I don't. I don't share this point of view. I like. I will say this though, because I love. I love Pee Wee. I love the character. I love Paul Rubens, and I. But I did. W- Knowing that we were going to be talking about it on the podcast, I did think a lot about why why do I like this character? Why do I because I love this movie and I, I I've watched it so many times and, and I've I have been doing my own investigating of why why is Oh, this that? is gonna be great. You tell me well, why you like it and I'll tell okay. you if I agree. Well, okay, well, first of all, there is, like I said, unquestionably just the connection to our Aunt Lisa. So there is that is part of that is I, certainly part of my connection to it. Look, I acknowledge that completely. Which is I mean, there's there's so many movies that in both of our lives, Labyrinth, the way we started this sure. podcast with was was a hundred percent Lisa all day, yeah. you know, and so this this is equally so. So yeah, I, yeah. I acknowledged. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I think if I had to re- if I had to like really break it down, I would say that I think the appeal of Pee Wee is that he's a, a character who. Is just, I mean, one hundred percent himself always, which okay. for you is not necessarily a good thing because he's annoying. And yes, he is. He is, but like, I, hold on. I for a minute there, I thought that was an insult to me. <laughs> no, no, I thought you were saying he's one hundred percent himself. When you do it, oh right. <laughs> when you do it, it's it's really bad. As far as someone who is not one hundred percent themselves, no, no, I think I can see how it could be grating to certain people. I think though, there's such a 
the the absurdity of the character he wears it on his sleeve and he and it is yes it is ambiguous is he a child is he a grown up is he is he a straight man is he a not straight man but i think these are all i i feel like those are questions that paul rubens probably never bothered to answer right and and in his mind i feel like Wee just kind of sprung forth fully formed from the void and there he was um but i think there's something appealing about a character who just does not conform to what society says is normal and not only that but doesn't even seem to really be aware of what the norms of society are. That is the difference between us. Really? Right there. I think you hit the nail right on the head because I agree. I enjoy characters that 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 are defiant against the norms. That I am 100% in agreement. Mm. It's the second part is that he is unaware. Right, right. It is not a choice of his that he is trying to be like, like I'm going to yeah, stick it to no, the Yeah, no, he's not fighting against anything. I I would feel better if that if he knew that he was being this way really? and he was making an effort to say, look, I get that I'm being I'm I'm this way, but this then is there who would I want to be. There would be a point to the character. There would be a point. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like he's yeah. just I think it's a totally valid point. I get that. But I think for me it's actually I like that fact. I like the you fact like that he doesn't have he has no agenda of any kind. Pee-wee is just Pee-wee, and he exists in this world of obviously he's there's a he's like a Peter Pan, he, he's like Peter Pan on crack with ADD <laughs> unmedicated. But I mean he, but he's he is totally himself. He exists in his own world. That I have theories of my own. I've actually theorized my own origin of Pee-wee. Okay. That I, because I, I was, when watching this with my kids, we were trying to like kind of make sense of, okay, like if, even though I think these are questions, like I said, Paul Rubens, I could think could have cared less about this right. stuff. Just interesting to think, okay, well, if we were to create a definitive origin of Pee-wee, what would it be? And my thought was that I think that Pee-wee, well, we, first of all, let's start with a few things that Paul Rubens has said, the few little kernels of, of Pee-wee's backstory that he's given, which is that, well, first of all, the name, the inspiration for the name came from a Pee-wee brand miniature harmonica and the, and the surname of an energetic boy Rubens knew from his youth. So there's some kind of basis there from some from somebody from his childhood. And Ruben said he thought that the name Pee-wee Herman was a name that sounded too real to be made up and like a real name a parent would give a child that they didn't really care about, which is, I think, a really good insight right there. Okay. Okay. So then to continue, let's see. He There's a couple other details he gives. Um, he said on, da- on Late Night with David Letterman, Pee-wee revealed that he had a sister named Hermione – who was a Girl Scout. His mother's name is Hani Herman, and his father's name is Herman Herman. He went on to say that everyone in the family has a first name that begins with an H except for him. This was again <laughs> stated during a 1988 special, with, which elaborated that Pee Wee was raised in Florida, which is another interesting wrinkle to okay. this. So right here, I think you have, there's a crucible Florida of, man. of, of, uh, things that kind of give you an insight into the Pee-wee character. I think this is a character who, as a kid, was neglected by his parents. I think, here's what I think. I think Pee-wee comes from, first of all, a wealthy family. Okay. Because how else do you explain how he can afford to live the way he lives? Because yeah. <laughs> he clearly has no occupation, I can see. 
in this yeah. movie at least. Um, so I think my this was this was my theory. Pee Wee was a child, a very strange child, growing up in Florida, neglected by his parents. They're wealthy. He's probably really spoiled, but but doesn't have a strong connection with them, and is kind of left to you know rampage around and is to his right. own devices. One day he comes across a box buried somewhere. He opens it up, and it's Jombie the genie. Who's who's from the from Pee Wee's Playhouse? You remember? Oh, okay, dude, don't no. sh- don't shake your fucking I'm head sorry. at me. I Do didn't... not shake your fucking head at me when I say Jombie the Genie. This is not. We're not. This is not. Where good. the fuck are we going? Oh, okay. we're Go going ahead. off the rails. Okay, Jombie <laughs> the Genie was Mecca Lecca High Mecca Heine Ho. Come on, Jeffrey. <laughs> no clue what you're talking about. I'm. There are people. There. Are, I guarantee you, there are people out there right now who are screaming <laughs> at their radios. Or their yes. do, their <laughs> I'm okay. I'm <laughs> glad I'm making. Get it out, people. They get it out. They are absolutely no vitriolic because you don't know who Jambi the genie is. You, God, I'm so. <laughs> I'm. I seriously. I feel like you with with Sean Connery. Well, right I, I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm not. Don't. I'm not dismissing it. I just <laughs> don't know it. Okay. He finds Jambi the genie. Jambi is so grateful. That he agrees to grant Peewee this this kid who is probably I would say nine ten def, def I know older than ten I don't think Peewee can be older I don't think he's older than ten years old and he grants him as many he'll grant him as many wishes as he wants out of gratitude and the first thing Peewee wishes for is to be a grown up so he makes him a grown up but unlike Tom Hanks and, and Big, Big who's say. like who's a, a normal child. <laughs> He who eventually decides, you know what, I want to be a kid again. Pee Wee doesn't want to be a kid again because he realizes how much he can get away with as a grown up. So, <laughs> so right away, I think this explains it. Pee Wee is a kid. He's a kid who Jombie made into a grown up. So he actually is a kid. So that's. But, but how long? Well, this is the thing. So then the next thing he wishes for is for his own special. Uh, world to live in where he can have all the friends he wants. So Jombie creates. Puppet Land and the Playhouse, which is where the show is. So I think in the timeline, the movies actually come after the show comes first. So we, so so John B. Cre- listen, don't laugh. I will acknowledge that that this I am a I was a thirty seven year old man sitting alone in my apartment coming up with this origin story. This 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 is really I'm revealing too much right now. I do feel like. At the end of this podcast, there's going to be some kind of intervention, uh, no, and I wouldn't blame it's not, you. <laughs> anyway, the depth but I'm, of, of thought is to, I'm I'm loving it. Go okay. Right, this is this so is, much better than the movie, right? I'm this well. See, I'm so trying to I'm trying to create something that maybe you can attach. You <laughs> so can, can you can attach something because I know now I, it's just insanity to you. Yes, I feel I don't know what's going on. Anyways, Go okay. So Jombie creates the playhouse. Yes, and all all the characters in the playhouse. So the world that Pee Wee lives in in the show is like his own special land that Jombie creates for him that he lives in for who knows how long, right. years and years and years. Um, and then at some point, I think Pee Wee, because he's a kid and we see he's actually you know he's kind of a brat. And he's and he's not, you know, he's. I think inside he's a, a sweet kid, but he, like most kids, can lose his temper. <laughs> and I think at some point he gets pissed about something and goes, you know, I don't, I want to, I don't want to live in the playhouse anymore. I want to go back to the real world. And Jombie by this point is so fucking fed up with him <laughs> that he's like, okay, you got it, and he sends Pee Wee back to the real world, where now his parents are long dead. <laughs> 
so he inherits the family fortune and and he's back in the real world. And that's where we meet him in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He's been cast out of the playhouse back into the real world. He's a child in a grown-up's body who's inherited his family's money and that's 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 that's, that's Pee-wee. Okay. That's my explanation. That's the only oh. This is the only explanation <laughs> by the, the way. Only, yes. This is the <laughs> only logical explanation for this character. Okay. Matt you just made my day. I'm sorry. That is right. That is a wonderful pre- preamble to this movie. And yes, it does give some semblance. Something. You got of, something of to cling to. What now. is going on? Right. Okay. I'm there with you. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is where we meet Pee Wee. This is where we meet Pee Wee. Um, yeah. The, the, there's so much of this movie. It's little little skits. You know, every scene feels like it's its own independent thing mm. um yeah it's very episodic th- yes and, and yeah and so it's not it, there's not a lot of flow to it right. it's like oh boom boom bowling ball downstairs kind of thing and which when we watched it as a kid i don't know that i picked it up as much i i guess i did because i remember it being these like little staccato kind of like Punches that are coming every single time. He's <laughs> just punching you in the in, face. In my every face. Five minutes. That's what that it felt, felt like for you. Yes, no, more like my head up against the wall, just repeatedly. <laughs> like, please let it stop. Um, why is this? As Pee-wee's laughing, just slamming Surge, your head into a brick surely wall. Surely this has got to be over soon. Um, <laughs> um, but the uh, <laughs> there's so much in this movie. What 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 is with the the music? Can we, oh look, yeah, the music. Gotta talk about the score. The score is. At the same time, outst- it, it's outstanding, it, and it is it it is so iconic the the score in in so many different ways. Um, but I did write down that there were parts of it that was like I wrote down it's like a Japanese like psychotic thriller. That's a in in certain parts of it, like yeah. in the dark parts of it, it yes. really gets into this kind of. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah, it feels like something you would see on like the streets of Tokyo. Sure, in a dark moment, and it's yes. like I'm like, this is so it's different and out there. Exactly, and that's okay. So we have to talk about this because not only is this Tim Burton's first film as a director, this the score was written, of course, by Danny Elfman, and this was his first film score. Danny Elfman was a member of the Oingo Boingo band in the '80s, and that's how. Paul Rubens thought of him, and this is another, I mean, Paul Rubens was a genius, okay? Because he saw, like, I, I want this guy to score this movie. And Danny Elfman, he didn't know how to read music. Like, he couldn't, right. like, write, he, didn't, he knew nothing about that. And he writes this score that is, I mean, it's it's almost like an, like an example of the special effects in Jurassic Park where they didn't know their limitations or, like... Right. It's the same. It feels like the same thing here, where right. this guy he didn't know what you could or could not do, with it, what a score was necessarily supposed to be, and he writes this absolutely bonkers, beautiful. Like it's an it's an unbelievable score, and it's it his first film score, and it starts what I think absolutely next to Spielberg and John Williams is the greatest actor composer collaboration in the history of movies is Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. It's just I mean, if you look at the scores they do after this in. Batman, which is so iconic, Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, come on, like it's he's. I mean, Danny Elfman's a genius. He's he's number two for me after John Williams for sure in film scores. So that's just I think, and that sets the tone 
so beautifully. So if you have a filmmaker like Tim Burton who understands this character, like I feel like it made sense that Tim Burton was like, oh yeah, I know exactly how to make this movie, which is which says a lot about him that right. he knew that because nobody like who else would have been able to see this character and say oh yes of course you can make a movie built around this character it right. totally makes sense yes. um and and it and i think it does because he knows he understands what's funny about peewee understands paul rubin's sensibility mm-hmm. the quirkiness i think they come from a similar background I think they actually both lived in Florida like when they were young, actually. Tim Burton right. did. Tim Burton kind of grew up here. so Which is another thing I like because I've always felt out of place in Florida my whole life. So we all do, Matt. Well, I, ho- I hope so. We're all misfits. But it's, but it's nice to see somebody like Tim Burton. I feel a kindred spirit there because like yeah. they lived in this really sunny, beautiful place but had these really dark, twisted kind of feelings and perspectives yeah. and i i relate to that and matt i i just want to I, I feel the need to to state this because I, i'm going to come off as i'm playing into my own bully kind of mainstream <laughs> hate the you know these types of things sure. i actually really enjoyed i i like that tim burton is out there doing movies yeah. like i want to make that clear like i don't i'm not saying that there's not a value in these movies sure. and i'm not saying that these movies aren't good yeah. i'm saying that for whatever reason i am not like they do not they don't speak to you they do not speak to me gotcha um and so and Pete Wee particularly for a myriad of reasons uh is 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 not one of them um <laughs> the the two things that i remembered the most from this movie before uh rewatching it was um or i should say the three things the bike i remembered the bike vividly cuz that bike is i mean it's it's a it's a really cool bike. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a. I don't even know what kind of bike it is. I mean, it's it, but it's got the yeah. it's got fins on it, and it's got these two red um, basket or hard case baskets yeah, on the side. It's got all and, kinds of gadgets and, and stuff. It, yes, and, and and it's awesome. It's yeah. yeah, it's like the Batmobile, but with right. with but but on a bike. Yeah. Um. So I remember that. I remember the score, the sound, just the the music of it was mm-hmm. just that, and then I remember the bar scene. Where he does tequila. the dance yeah. to tequila, yeah, and that's it. Those are the three things that I remember the most about the movie. I mean, if you had asked me before watching it, now when we started to watch it, yeah, and I the scene would come up, it would immediately I'd be like, oh yes, I remember the scene. Like yeah. I remembered all the scenes once they came back in. But mm-hmm. if you had came, when you said when we said we were doing Pee Wee, yeah, and you said what do I remember about it? Those are probably wow, the only okay. three things that I would have. Would I'm have surprised. Up. I'm surprised. Large Marge wasn't on that list. But once I saw her, I was like, "Oh, I freaking totally remember." I mean, and and I, at the time, I it, this is gonna again sound ignorant on my part, but I like I'm rewatching it. I didn't know that Tim Burton directed this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it wasn't until I looked it up because what I wrote down was Beetlejuice mm-hmm. at Large Marge because right. they do the eye thing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just like Beetlejuice. So I looked it up. And I'm like, oh. Fucker, yeah. it's Tim Burton. All right, well, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, oh, now I understand why I'm not really liking a lot of this stuff because I don't like much of his things. Um, yeah. Um, so those are really the only three things that that, that I remember. Um, th- some of the things that I thought were funny that I'd forgotten about. There's the, the and these are just stupid things. He, when he was, um, he's at the Alamo. Mm. Oh yeah. And he goes, I'm in Texas. He goes, see, look. <laughs> and he starts to sing, and then everyone Stars stops. And goes, at night yeah. are big and bright. And then everyone goes, 
deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah. Like I came out of nowhere. I was very happy about that. Um, you know, so you know, there. I really hate his friend. Oh, Francis. 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 Yes. Really hate him. Oh yeah. Well, I think you're supposed to. And he's <laughs> and. I, you know, he's from the only other movie I've seen him in is League of Their Own. So you remember? Th- oh, he's the adult. He's the version. adult version of of I. That's whatever the kids. That's is true. Name. I know him from Teen Wolf. That's the only other movie I know. Oh him my from. God! Yes, you're he right. Is, he is in yeah. Teen Wolf. Yeah. Okay, I had forgotten about that. All right. Yeah, so Mark yeah, Mark Holton is. His All name. right. Yeah, but he. Yeah, he oh. <laughs> Again, hate most of this. Like all of it. The scene where he d- d- jumps in the pool. <laughs> And they're going after another. I, I hate the bathing suit he's wearing. It's just all of it. I hate the, all of it. It's just all of it is not uh, all of it. Um, oh my god! It gives me so much joy to know how much this irritated me. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, you know, um, I, yeah, I don't have much else to say got, about it. It's so it's so I frustrating. Still, I have so much. I still. I okay. So, I mean, yeah, I guess. Again, if you just fundamentally don't like the character, the movie's not going to work for you. I just, I think, for me watching it, again, it was, as a kid, I loved, I always loved, it's what I loved about The Playhouse, is is just how kind of colorful and imaginative and inventive it was. My favorite, in that line, my favorite thing, maybe in the whole movie, is The Breakfast Machine, in this movie. So Lexi brought this up as we're watching this. She goes, oh, I wanted this so bad. And I was like, yeah, I didn't remember it. <sighs> See, the, and this I is... I remember the one from Back to the Future 3. Oh. That, that... Uh, oh, that makes the, the, the refrigerator? That makes the ice? But I think it also makes eggs. I think it also cracks eggs. Oh, yeah, I think there is something, yeah. 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 Anyways, that's well, the one I think of when I think... I just and I lo- well and just the whole design of it just the like I mean as a kid it just it was and I think there was something appealing as a kid about seeing a grown up who's still a kid and plays yes. with his toys and so like Pee Wee he wakes up and he immediately just starts playing with his toys right. every step of the way until he gets downstairs he slides down the pole yeah and, he, and he's fully and, and then he's fully dressed like Batman right and and just and the whole design of his his house I think was just so inventive and amazing and I and and then and just. Yes, the whole Rube Goldberg thing of the the, the breakfast machine. Okay, and can you explain? Like, this is what I'm going to show my ignorance. Rube Goldberg. Rube think. Goldberg. It's he. It, whenever you see these like these really complex contraptions, like in the Goonies, the the whole thing that 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 opens the uh, the gate, they do right. this hugely complex <laughs> series of of things to open to just open a gate. Right. That's a Rube Goldberg. Like he made those kind of like. Pointless. What was he? Is he a director? No, I think he. I don't know. I just. I know the name. I think he was just like an inventor. And, okay. And okay. but he, he making these overly complex devices to perform simple, very simple, simple tasks. tasks. Okay. And I find I. I don't know. I find that joyful. I find something very fun and joyful and funny about that because my favorite thing about the, the, that whole the breakfast thing is that Pee Wee creates this uses this incredibly elaborate device to make his breakfast then he sits down with mr breakfast who's got the face and then he pours mr t cereal all over it and then he eats one bite of the mr t cereal and he's done i fucking hate that 
I think it's hilarious. I hate it. I think it's hilarious. I hated it. I love that so much. It looked like a it's, perfectly great breakfast that I went know. uneaten. It's great. There's there's actually, and there's more of this. He, this has been kind of a theme of his, because he there's two other movies, and the most recent one that came out a few years ago, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, he has, there's a similar opening sequence with all this, like, this crazy stuff happening, and at one point, he's he's driving in this little car through a house that has, like, a buffet, a breakfast buffet, right. and he's taking all these things and putting it on top of it. He has a piece of toast, he takes one bite of it, and then he puts the plate away, and that's, and he leaves. And it's, this is, this is kind of a key aspect of the character somehow that he, it's, it's more about the, the process of it, it's more about the, like, the, the, the components and the 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 the, uh, the minutia of it and everything, then the result. It's just you know. Yeah, I hated it. I, I can see how that though is frustrating for you. It's a perfectly good breakfast. I, <laughs> you went through this whole elaborate scheme to create the breakfast, and then you just pour shit on it, and I, then like yeah, I just I it's like it's sitting funny. in a freaking thing of pizza. It's like all the stuff that we've talked about. How it's so I bad mean, to look at a pizza that falls on the ground. If if it if he had prepared a pizza and left it untouched, that would have been upsetting. Okay. But but no, I I. I really enjoyed that and okay. well and I, it's i mean that. I, I will say i did wonder because he before he leaves the house he he speaks to his neighbor and i did wonder how horrible it would be to live next to peewee <laughs> to be his yes. neighbor. yes I, I i looked at this guy he's all happy-go-lucky and i'm like this guy is totally like his life is a misery he is on some sort of <laughs> very strong prescription not painkillers but like the uppers he he yeah. is like it love he looks Some like he's psychotic yeah <laughs> he looks he's like hey peewee okay okay peewee. i'm gonna water my lawn now and he, oh god how many times did what did that guy's entire living room get soaked <laughs> every, with water every day I before guess. before before so peewee learned well let me let him know well I'm, this is and this is another aspect of his origin kind of looking at it realistically that i think <laughs> because if you look at the movies there's three there's three Pee Wee movies. There's Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee Wee, and Pee Wee's Big Holiday. In all three of these movies, he lives in an entirely different place, in an entirely different world and community. And what I think is honestly what I think happens is Pee Wee goes to a place, he sets up shop, has a house, makes makes friends because clearly he has a lot of friends. And I think initially people like Pee Wee. They respond to him. Oh, he's he's so unique and special and like doesn't care and he just kind of is who he is and he's a lot of fun to be around. This lasts for maybe a month. <laughs> and then after that they begin to tire of Pee Wee. They eventually they just go, okay, you you gotta you gotta stop. Like you you gotta I can't take this anymore. You gotta leave. <laughs> like so, the average person, it's a month, and for me, it's like thirty seconds. Exactly. Okay. Well, because there are people right. like like I think you know the oddballs or whatever they respond to him, and and he he is able to kind of form, the dotties and yeah the, and, the, and the by the his the bike you know racing kids yes and um um what's his name from the magic shop and and Chuck from Chuck's Bikeorama. um. But eventually, the people tire of Pee Wee, and he has to leave. and And I think uh, we're we're seeing the initial his initial phase of living, where like he's actually he's assimilated into the community, but he's going to be ostracized very quickly. <laughs> he's he's on the path because I, I admittedly Pee Wee I find a really entertaining character to watch, but not a person I would want to cohabitate with in any way. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. He he's. And I think you're right. I think he's slowly, yeah. He yes, 
I think the the, the meeting he calls. Oh God, I love where that. he's giving the meeting and all the people are like, oh, let's go to this quirky guy's yeah. house and help him. Is the start of the descent into right. like the anger with him because yes. he's just like, yeah. I think you're. I think yes. Thank you for giving some semblance of right. It's some structure to this, but and, I, I just. Um, well, I think that also the the idea to uh, that they latched onto about the bike being stolen and him having to find it was a pretty ingenious idea because because then it it makes the movie a road movie, which is right. by its nature episodic, and I think. That's what you have to do for Pee Wee because he can't sustain a narrative. <laughs> Pee Wee oh, is really? not, he can't. And it was okay. proven by Big Top Pee Wee, the second one, which I also watched and was like, that movie is, you didn't like this one. That, that movie is just like awkward. Like, I didn't find that, I found this silly and funny, but not awkward necessarily. Big Top Pee Wee is like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's very strange. Um, Look, there are parts of this movie that I enjoy. Yeah, but but it's they're, they're few and far between for me. I, I like this it's just it's just, just a visceral feeling for me. I yeah. I just don't I don't like the character. I, I like he he makes these faces <laughs> and he does these yeah. like he's like it's like a valley girl attitude, right? right. Like this. Thanks, Francis. I know you are, but what? Like right. this whole thing that he does, like this, and it's like I'm a loner, daddy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Classic line. But it just doesn't. But that's see, that's oh, part of God. the joke to me, though, is that like he has this adorable, like his daddy's so adorable, and like and and any guy would be lucky to have her as a girlfriend, yeah. and he's just like, you know, is my bike ready yet? And it's just yeah. like is he's like a total dick to her, and although right. I do have to, I will say. Any woman who is sexually attracted to Pee Wee, that's she's got to. It's a red gotta, flag. She's got to investigate some things. That's a red flag. I, that's and maybe Pee Wee knows troubling. that. Maybe, maybe. Pee Wee's whole persona is like I'm trying to put off a whole vibe where nobody comes near me, and this girl's coming near me, so I need mm-hmm. to stay near far away from this girl. Right. Maybe he's self aware enough to say I'm not going to deal with Dottie at all because there's no good that's going to come of this. Maybe um, I mean, but yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see anything like I. I love your 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 attempt at giving uh, a backstory to Pee Wee. Uh, I think you're very close to the. He moves around and finds a home and is only welcome for as long as they can stomach him. I, yeah. But <laughs> I, I just I don't see any any I don't see anything in him that would make anybody go. Oh, he's such a quirky, lovely guy. Like I just don't. He's just he's snarky with everybody. He just wanders around like. Well, it's probably. I think it's it's maybe it's more just the novelty of it. Like, oh, this guy's so weird, and he doesn't even realize it, and like, just maybe it's that. I don't know, but okay. But at least, I mean, well, in the movie, they the, his friends seem to genuinely like him. So it, it's which ones are his friends? Well, there's there's <laughs> well there's Chuck from Bikerama. There's Dottie. There's the biker kids. There's the guy from the magic shop. I forget what it was called. Which I love the scene in the magic shop, it, particularly because there's a moment. There's a woman in the magic shop who's who's just trying to, you know, shop for magic tricks. And Pee-wee is, like, oogling her. And I love the shot. Puts on x-ray glasses yes. and acts like he's, yeah. But there's an amazing, the reverse shot from his POV looking at her and her reaction to him is, I feel so genuine as if <laughs> as if this, if this really happened to a woman. She would be 
absolutely terrified yes. and just like what is happening and her yes. i thought her reaction was great she was like genuinely creeped so, out that is something i do want to bring up like like i could see this movie going another way which is that peewee is this odd character doing all these weird things and right. he's being viewed by people in the what should be the appropriate way yeah of that where they're it would be a reacting. horror movie <laughs> well yeah well okay but it would just be more Napoleon Dynamite, almost. Right, yeah. yeah. In that way, kind of like... It would have having a more objective point of view. Right. Whereas this is more subjective, like you feel like it's it's from Pee-wee's point of view. It's almost like like Pee-wee's in a straitjacket somewhere (laughs) with with the genie Ubi-Dabi, whatever his name is. Jombie. Jombie. Ubi-Jabi. Jombie. Sorry, I don't remember the damn names. Jombie. I can't believe you're Jeremy Giambi. That's, that's, a, that's a that's a baseball, Oakland A's baseball yeah. player. Um, I knew that one actually. Yeah, because you watched. Because I saw Moneyball. Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, that's why. It's one of my favorite movies. Yes. Um, uh, Jeremy Giambi, the the genie, Gee. Uh, and, and with Pee Wee, I, I think uh, I think Pee Wee. I think what's another alternative example is let's take uh, let's go back to your preamble, okay. right? Which is he finds a box, he makes himself a, a, an adult, he says he wants to stay. And Jeremy Giambi gives him uh, all the powers. I think what could happen, instead of him saying, I want to go back to the real world, and he's dealing with it, mm-hmm. I think Pee-wee, as he emotionally matures, and he's into the adult, he just slowly goes fucking crazy. <laughs> and all <laughs> you're dealing witnessing is his, he's in a straitjacket somewhere, yeah. yeah, and he's just having all of these I, experiences in his head. That's totally possible. Which makes more sense to me, <laughs> sure. because there's all these scenes, and it's the way Tim Burton uh Oh, the dream sequences? It. Well, the dream sequences, and there's all the large head, I don't know what angle that is when you do with the camera, where, like, I say fish mouth. I don't know if that's even a thing, fish but eye. it's like fish eyed. Like the, everybody mm. looks, their heads kind of distorted and big, and mm. out, like it gives this feeling of like you're kind of not in reality type sure. of thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of that and a lot of sequence. The way they zoom in on the clown, yeah. laughing. Oh, you know, the clowns. The, that was another thing. Large Marge and the clowns were terrifying. Yeah. As a kid, which, so, which again though was a weird. There was a. I had a weird masochistic thing, and I think a lot of kids did, where there were movies that terrified us as kids, but we right. couldn't get enough of it. Like really, like yeah, I like there is like this movie, like that movie Little Monsters that really yeah. scared me, but I always wanted Little to. Little Monsters, it. the Fred Savage, yes, and or Howie Re- Mandel, Return to Oz, which we'll get to, which is like Return to Oz. The, that's like that? it's genuinely a horrifying film, but I could. It's a kids movie, but I couldn't get enough of it, and I so there is that weird. And I, I like that. This is clearly the divergent path of us. I guess so. But when yeah, I don't movie, like it, I'm like, no. Mm, and this a- movie taps into that. And that's what something Tim Burton and Paul Rubens knew is. And I think they relate to that, too, is being a kid. You you know, it's that combination of the fear, but also the excitement of it and the and the, the, the strangeness and the humor. And it's this weird kind of concoction that all just I don't know. It makes it makes sense to me. I don't know. That's what, all I can say. Is I that, think it's great that it makes sense to you. I th- <laughs> I think it makes sense hearing you. Hearing you describe it, it makes sense why it resonates with you. Right. For me, just I just put it to the side and say, right. "Thank yeah. you very much," and I'll move on. I I, um, I get that. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about with this movie. I well, yeah, the scene. I can't add anything. I I'm gonna be pivoting off of you because okay, there's well, not much I got. Well, just a quick thing. There's a, there's an, a cameo in this that was cool in the biker bar. The female biker who yeah she that's that's uh, Cassandra Peterson, aka Elvira. 
Oh, really? Okay, it does who is kinda, also it does kinda, okay. Yeah. Who is also another friend from the Groundlings that, that really? Paul Rubens was really close okay. with. Okay, so, all right. So that was kind of an interesting That's little neat. cameo. Yeah. Um, I I do love when, when the bikers who he's kind of endeared himself to by dancing to tequila, which is which I, again classic scene because it's. He's not doing anything remotely impressive, right? But he, but they love it, and that's uh, that's the joke. It's like it's just, just the sheer bizarreness of him, right? And his willingness to just kind of put himself out there that I think endears him to. People. I will say that this is one thing that I don't that that changed from my watching it. I remember yeah. that scene being impressive when <laughs> I was a kid and watching, and so I was excited to see it. I was like, oh yes, yeah, the dance scene where he blah blah blah, it, yeah. and then I watch it, and I'm like. This is fucking awful. He's not doing he anything. He doesn't do but anything. It's, but it's just, yeah, I still love that scene, though. I don't know. I did like him speeding off on the bike. Well, that's it. what I was going to say, is when they put him on the bike and he <laughs> immediately crashes. But not just, whoever the stuntman was that did that. Threw was a le- sign, yeah. Was legitimately out of control. Yeah. Like, yeah. the thing fishtails and just goes right into a sign. Yeah. That was a good stunt. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So I like that moment. Yeah. But I do, I do, we have to talk about. And I feel like, regardless of what you felt about this movie, the third act, when he gets to Warner Brothers Studios. That was the best part the, of the movie. The, stu- the Warner Brothers backlot chase is, I think, one of the greatest set pieces ever. At least, certainly comedic set pieces, I think, ever done. It's, it's funny, and, I, it's, and I, I like it. And it's iconic. I've seen it, I've seen it parodied oh, many and, times. And? And yes, what, what appears during this sequence? Nuns. Of course, we got this, nuns. The scene when yes, when when Pee Wee goes to get his bike back. Somehow the nuns have the bike. They do. The nuns have the bike, or rather the the child star, the kid who is in from Wonder Years has it. That kid who is also in Monster Squad. Prolific, by the way. Yeah, prolific absolutely. actor as a child. Yeah, yeah. didn't uh, realize, but just he's in a lot of films. In yeah, in that period, he probably <laughs> was like that kid. I maybe right. I hope he's not. a huge, but, um, huge star. Yeah. So so he this kid I think Jason Hervey is his name who was from Wonder Years. He's this bratty child star who peewee finds out he has the bike on the warner brothers back lot filming some or movie about an orphan who befriends <laughs> nuns and so yeah so which is a very british concept but they're all americans yeah you know what i'm saying like it's a nun with with orphans it's like a very oliver twist kind of it is thing. it is kind of um but yeah so anyway so they're nuns and peewee of course disguises himself as a nun um in order to get the bike back which he does and then is quickly uh pursued by security and it begins this massive sequence where Pee Wee is just driving through the Warner Brothers backlot through all these different sets and it's it really is a phenomenal sequence it's just it, there's yes. so many great gags and it's just and it certainly as a kid like I that's I love that scene it was just so much fun and just like and just brilliant and, the, and of course Danny Elfman's music in it and it's it's just I mean I feel like that scene is just undeniable and I, I yeah and I think that the the chaos yeah, maybe it's just because it makes sense more because yeah. you can have all these different things and it's plausible that yeah there's all these things happening on these different sets maybe right. that's why I'm like yeah I enjoy this yeah whereas <laughs> the other ones are just like what the fuck right. is here? um yeah no I, I I think that that's a a really good set piece too and I also it. love at the the very end when they after after the chase Warner Brothers decides 
hey, you know, we actually, we should make a movie about this kid. You've got an interesting story. So they end up making a movie about Pee-wee starring James Brolin yes. as P.W. Yes. Herman, who is who is like a, they basically do it like a James Bond movie. Like he's yeah. like a secret agent yeah. kind of thing with, I think Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Fairchild, Fairchild yeah. is like the love interest. And my favorite part. And the bike is a motorcycle. Right. The, yeah. The bike yeah. is like a motor, like a high tech motorcycle. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> crotch rocket little, yeah, yeah yeah but i think i think my favorite i think the the gen, my the genuinely funniest part in the movie is, is peewee's cameo in the movie yes the movie yes the okay yes and they dub his voice <laughs> paging mr herman yeah. mr herman and and my and my favorite moment is when he mouths the words when he mouths the lines when um james brolin is like on the phone he's like it's herman pw herman and you see peewee mouthing the words along i just i fucking love that moment that that is funny i uh, did like the walk that he does in front of the for the drive-in, the sequence of him, yeah, meeting all the characters, all the characters from the movie. again, mm-hmm. yeah, like I did like that, and yeah. I thought that was brought everything, like, yeah, full circle. I, I I thought that was nice. Um, I think this this movie is actually a lot more significant and influential, I think, than you realize. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I really do. Um, I think. This, oh, there is a thing. Before I forget, sorry. Yes. I'm going to cut you off on that really Please. important point where you're trying to tell me how important this film is. Yes. yes so I'm going to undercut that just in this moment. Um, painted elephants. Wasn't a fan of that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the elephant, on the, yeah. on, there's all, there's a pink and purple elephant. It was elephant. like a Wizard of Oz kind of. Uh, yeah. I was thing. like, that is awful. Yeah. Those elephants of, don't deserve to be painted. Yeah. Not very, not cool. I mean, now Oh, we and we have to say CG. the scene. The, the other, I do remember another scene. Oh, okay. The saving the pets in the pet store. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Him running out with the snakes, like all of that. Yeah. I remember that at all. But again, I remember it because it made me deeply uncomfortable. Oh. The snakes. I, I Him like coming out with the snakes, yeah. I was like, well, because he's so scared, but he's but he does it anyway because he's a hero, yeah. And that's how he you know saves the day and redeems himself, and that's why they decide to make a movie about him in the end. Which is funny because he goes directly from this backlot chase to saving this, the animals in this pet store. Because like immediately after he's escaped from the security security guards, you see his oh, there's a fire, and then he runs in. Like, right, it's just like one after the other after the other. Um, yeah, it just keeps moving, and I think that was it was. A, a brilliant choice to to make, like I said, like a road movie, right. so that you can it, have this built-in episodic quality. Because as I said, yeah, I I love Pee Wee as a character, but I he cannot sustain an, a real narrative. It's just like that's why, because in the second movie in Big Top Pee Wee, they tried to do that a little bit, and right. it just didn't work. So then with the third one, Big Holiday, which was actually it's on Netflix, and it's actually really good. It's it's similar to Big Adventure, but. I don't know. Maybe you'll like it better because it's it's a. I don't know, but it's it's Pee Wee, an older Pee Wee. It's an older, a more mature Pee Wee. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, same character, but but it's it's actually really enjoyable. And they did the same thing there, where they made it kind of a road movie. So okay. But um, you were saying that this is you think that this is more influential than I'm giving it credit for. Yes, I really okay. do think it is, and 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 it is true. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, and maybe right. that's just that's also a selective group of people. But 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 if you for a lot of people in comedy and like in movies and stuff like this movie was actually like really influential and and it is i think really unique because if you think before this movie there weren't many films that were built around a comic or comic persona like that like mm-hmm. there were certainly like you think of like jerry lewis maybe or like um or like cheech and chong i can think of were, were pre peewee right there was blues brothers but but like to take a character that was but those had narratives yeah Right, you know what I'm saying? Like right. there was a narrative to both to, to the at least the ones you've talked about. They yeah. didn't just say like 
I don't know if you're going in this direction, but like I I could see how this would be influential in the sense that it would give people the underst or broaden the the horizon of what is possible. Yes. Because the film is legitimately kind of just yeah, out there. It, it, yeah, and it's built around the completely around this really eccentric character that's at the center of it, which then kind of permeates out through the whole movie and sets the tone for the whole movie. And in a lot of movies have been influenced by it. I know like Mike Myers when he did Wayne's World talked about how Pee-wee's Big Adventure was really influential, which I can see even as recent as the Barbie movie. Greta Gerwig, I saw an interview with her saying that that really? Pee- that Pee-wee's Big Adventure was one of her influences, which I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but just from the trailer I can actually see that. Yeah, I could see that because it is so left of center and original and kind of just just out there and driven by a very specific kind of wacky personality that doesn't conform, as I said, to like traditional standards. And I I really like that. And I think it, it has had an influence and impact on the culture. And I think a lot of movies that followed, if you look at them, I think you will see its influence way more than if you pre Pee Wee. Like I think I think that movie was legitimately like kind of significant yeah you know culturally i think you're right i think uh it clearly had a big impact on a lot of people um who are way more artistic and 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 uh talented than i am so i my my opinion is is worthless in this moment um it's good to have opposing viewpoints it's all right so let's move on to uh what did roger think Oh, oh well. This is well. Funnily enough, he he didn't actually officially review it, uh, but I did see on the Wikipedia there yep. is a quote. Do you have it? I do. Is that well? If you you can read it, if you all want. right. So in 1987, uh, he did not. Roger Ebert didn't uh, didn't review it for the Chicago Sun Times, but in 1987, the film topped his guilty pleasures list, and he said he was impressed by quote how innocent, how playful, and how truly eccentric the film was. Uh, and then he went on to say a whole fairy tale universe compared to compared it to Alice in Wonderland or Lord of the Rings. He he also mentioned Big Adventure in his review of Big Top Pee Wee's 1988, explaining how the movie away from the zany weirdness of the Pee Wee Herman film led to a sequel that was not as magical. That's, so uh, he's and well, in this one he's spot on, absolutely correct. Uh, yeah. But it, it, since he didn't officially review it, the the another one in the L.A. Times. <laughs> wrote that uh, the wrong crowd will find these antics infantile and offensive, and the right one will have a howling good time, which I think yeah. is a fairly accurate depiction. Is, yeah, I think that's a good... Encompassed by the two of Absolutely. us in this in this podcast. Uh, I, I I think he summed up my opinion very yeah. succinctly, and yours as well. So Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's uh, a good way to look yeah, at infantile it. Infantile and offensive. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. around where I'm at. I mean, not yeah. offensive. I wasn't offended at all, but the infantile, yeah. I was kind of like. Mm. And I would, I mean, I do want to take a moment just to talk about Paul Rubens, just because regardless of what you thought about the movie or the Pee Wee character, I just think he was such a talented guy and had uh, had such a interesting career trajectory and life. And I think, and especially I think something we're finding now that he's passed is that I think he was very misunderstood. And I think people. Yeah. I think because of certain things that happened in his life and because of the nature of the character he played and the yes. fact that it became a kid's show, it got, you know, it got complicated. And I think people really 
misunderstood him. But as we're seeing now that he's gone, there's just been this outpouring of people who actually knew him who are painting a very different picture of a guy who was incredibly kind and generous and thoughtful. And, and I, and I just, and I, cause I've always been fascinated by him since I was a kid. And I remember being a kid and, and loving Pee Wee. And then when the scandal happened, when he got right. arrested in that porn theater, um, it was, it was shocking, but it's, I think it's really a testament to him that he was able to actually right. overcome that because as a, as a kid, as a to be a children's show host, right? To go through that, how do you turn that around? Well, it does bring up a good po- a good question, I think, which is um, when you create such an eccentric character that is iconic, because Pee Wee is iconic, yeah. um, and 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 then you're tied to children like that. There's got to be like you're also a human being. I, I don't remember what the damn scandal was about. Um, and I'm not going to get, we, we don't need to get into it. Um, we've ruined enough of the previous <laughs> few podcasts of yeah. people that we don't need to do, do right. it further. We don't need to go down. We, we, don't, we don't make it three for three. No. Um, let's, uh, but I just, it's interesting because there, you know, you create a character like that, that becomes really kind of unique and different. And then also really tied to children I think you open yourself up that when reality comes around, mm-hmm. it kind of over your that persona and your own life intertwine in a way that's got to be incredibly difficult uh, to manage. Yeah. And um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't I can't really think of any. Like, I mean, I guess Mister Rogers. I mean, like if something came out against Mister Rogers, or but then again, Mister Rogers actually was Mister Rogers, you know right? I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Like his, yeah. he is. But that's the time period where that's what was expected. I, I remember right. reading something that I thought was really interesting, talking about old time movie stars, yeah. and that the difference was is that you know now actors are very different than what they are. Back in the 40s and 50s, the stars were the people they played on. Yeah. On in the movies, like right. Humphrey Bogart and Clark Gable and all of those guys, yeah. John Wayne, they acted exactly the way they acted on the screen was the way they acted in real life. Right. Frank Sinatra, all those guys. Yeah. Um, and so that changed. And when that changes, I get the feeling that you have this mixture of where you have a character that you play repeatedly over and over and over again that becomes kind of that, th- that thing yeah. that then gets tossed into your own yeah, life you get to you'd be associated like right with that character so intrinsically and yeah and just but just the fact that that how he was able to kind of come back from that and i think it was it was so clear too that he he really cared about what he was doing like when he started that peewee's playhouse like he was very serious about doing it a certain way and he was very protective of you know the character and how kids were you know, exposed to it. And like, he didn't want to do any advertisements for junk food and stuff. And like, he took it very seriously. And, and I, and I loved that show. I think it was like, I feel like, um, the appeal of that show was so unique and kind of niche, but also I think it was kind of like, you know, obviously we were all welcome on Sesame street or at Mr. Rogers neighborhood, obviously. And, and those shows were hugely influential and important. And, um, and, and even though in Pee Wee's Playhouse, he did actually impart certain lessons in his own way. But the great thing about Pee Wee's Playhouse was it was a place where you could go to just be silly. 
Right. Like if you want like education and lessons, you go Mr. Rogers neighborhood. But if you want to just go and just like have fun and just let be silly and let go, you go to Peavy's Playhouse. It was right. like it felt like a refuge for freaks in a way. It was right. kind of like like if if um if Mr. Rogers to use like a musical analogy, if Mr. Rogers was the Beatles, Peavy was the Talking Heads. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he was reference he just, that I don't fully understand. Well, but I get just, where you're going. Just with something it. that was totally left of center and totally against the norm, but working within the framework of something that was recognizable, right. but doing it in a way that it hadn't been done before. And that was a little more kind of purely kind of getting at what kids were actually like, right. I think, as opposed to like an aspirational thing necessarily. Like it wasn't necessarily like trying, going at, trying extra hard to like tell kids they should be like this. Not right. that Mr. Rogers, because in the case of Mr. Rogers, it was a positive thing because right. he was teaching us really good lessons. Right. But but Paul Rubens, I feel like, was was way more, because Pee Wee was more like a kid. Like right. He was like one of the... He, it wasn't we've, like, we've already established that he's just a... I think he is actually. He's a actually a 10-year-old. Yeah. So it's not like you don't have a grown-up there right. kind of teaching you lessons. It's like you have another kid that you get to kind of play with right. while you watch the show. And I think that was the appeal of Pee-wee's Playhouse. And it's in that and it's in that way, I think that is just as significant as what Mr. Rogers did in its own way because because you know to give kids that, I think is a really special thing. Hey, you've com- you've made a compelling argument uh for Pee-wee being a a a touchstone and something that we should all value. Uh, but it's not going to change my 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 that's my okay. nun rating, which we got to give a nun rating. And I think, given the fact that we've read all this stuff, and Pee Wee is kind of a all or nothing uh, deal, then I think uh, you know I think we're going to have to go with one nun, right? Well, you definitely got one nun up for me. I got a nun down, sure. man. I, one nun down. Even after I feel like I just made maybe half a nun. I'll give you half a Listen, nun. Listen, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I feel like I kind of crushed this episode and made a very <laughs> Very good argument for Pee Wee Herman. Oh, and the fact made... that I haven't converted you is devastating no, to me. No, I'll give you half a nun. I'll oh, give you half give a nun. Half a nun? Okay. Uh, look, Matt, I, look, I, 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 I got to tell you, okay? You've, I, I've given you the credit. You've made an incredibly compelling argument. I want to believe you. No, I, get I cannot get past the disdain and just grief that comes into my gut thinking about this movie. I get it. I, I honestly, so, I think I'll give you half a nun for my end. I just, I don't I'm think keeping the other half. I don't though. think I necessarily realized how important Pee Wee was until Paul Rubens passed. And I think that's okay. part of it. Is I'm still processing. Some You're still things. processing. And it. I had okay. to. This was clearly like a purging. I had to. Like, <laughs> okay. I had a lot to say and a lot to talk about, and I have, and I feel good about okay, it. Okay. So. Good. I, I look. I feel good about it too. I'm. I'm comfortable i'll give you i'm going with the half we're gonna okay. go with one and a half one nuns. and a half nuns up all, all right. right i'm i'm gonna uh, keep the other half for me um <laughs> all right next uh um next one we got what, what 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 do we got coming next well the next one is kind of to finish off this little quartet of special episodes yeah. is a movie that i think we could i think we both kind of agree was like the inciting film for the this creation was, of this, this was podcast, the genesis yeah this which was is the, film. the 1991 film city slickers starring which sounds like such an odd right i feel like people are probably like wait really blah this movie yeah, yeah but but yes watching that movie and some of the thoughts i had especially from the vantage point of where i am now looking back remembering watching it as a kid and watching it as a 37 year old man very different experience yes. and that made me start to think about like wow these movies uh 
there's a there's a big gap here and lots has ha- lot, there's been a lot of changes in my life and the way that that looking back at these movies not only gives us a perspective on the landscape of cinema but also on ourselves and how we have grown and changed or not and <laughs> in some cases and so i think this movie actually despite what you may think is is actually a lot deeper and and provokes a lot more deeper conversation. So I'm excited. To talk I'm excited about, this, about one. this one too. All right. Well, another one in the books, Matt. Um, we'll uh, we'll chat here I, again soon. Long long live Pee Wee Herman to, to to Jeff's eternal grief. Yes, he's, <laughs> but, uh, he's 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 yeah he's not going he's not going anywhere. Pee Wee will always be he'll there. He'll be there for all he'll, time. We'll have to just deal. God with help that. me. All right. All right, everyone. <laughs>